Too many entrepreneurs are struggling to seize the unique opportunities available in business today. The Get Clear podcast is here to connect the best people with best tools so that they can reach their business goals. Now, please welcome the host of the Get Clear podcast, John Morrison. Welcome, folks, to session two of the Get Clear podcast. My name is John Morrison. I'll be your host for our time together here. Today, we're actually doing a to be continued. If you didn't hear the first session, I was talking all about my TEDx experience and my topic, start with who. If you want your ideas to spread, you got to start with the people in mind that you're trying to reach. And all businesses need to start with who, I believe. Well, Matt and I were having a great conversation. We were looking at the time and it's like, man, this thing is going by too fast. There's still more things we need to talk about. So what we're going to do now is actually have a to be continued. I don't know if you've ever like walked into a movie or someone was watching a show and you all of a sudden stumbled in. You're like, hey, what's this all about? Who's this character? What do they want? Well, today you're not really going to understand too much of the context of what we're talking about unless you listen to the first one. But if you did listen to the first one, then we're going to help you flesh out that idea a little bit. So Matt and I's discussion, we talk a little bit about getting clear on your who, how to find out your who, and how to help your who. And so here is part two of Matt Forrester's interview with me about Start With Who. So we're going to talk more about your who and what that means exactly. So uh, why don't you elaborate a bit more about who your who is? Right. So at the the heart of what we're trying to flesh out here is that in the very beginning of a business, you you have an idea, sure. But to test an idea, you really have to have a group of people that it's going to work on. And what that does is it creates a market. When people have a problem in this broken world, and there's many problems, sometimes it's a problem of ignorance. Sometimes it's a problem of health. Uh, sometimes it's a problem that your kids are totally crazy and they disobey you and you want to figure out how to get them under control. <laughs> Just practically speaking, you know, that's kind of landing in the Morrison home here. And it's something's wrong in the world. And there's a group of people that are, it's keeping them up at night or it's just struggling. There's a, it's causing them anxiety or frustration, something like that. And what we're trying to do is say that's created an opportunity to create a business that can then solve that problem. How do I know who my who is? That's a great question. I think that's the pursuit of finding out your target market, your target audience. Some people call it your ideal client. Some people call it your customer avatar. It's a person or a group of people who are struggling with something that you can then solve and that they're willing to give you money in the process, in the transaction. Okay. So it takes some time. I mean, because a lot of us have great ideas, like we talked about last time, you know, we entrepreneurs have a zillion ideas of different things, but to find out what it is, you got to test it. And best way to do that, I find, is just talking to people. And when you talk to people, you kind of just ask questions like, hey, what's, uh, what, What's bothering you? What's the what's the struggle? What's causing you anxiety? You know, we always say, "What's keeping you up at night?" What's your pain point? And and they'll tell you because people love sharing stuff. And so that's one way to do it is just in conversation with someone you think you could help. Um, just being in conversations with them, and and oftentimes they'll they'll tell you, "This is what I'm struggling with." And if you can solve that problem for them, and it's in alignment with your idea, I think you're you're close to your who. And you've got. You got to plan for the for the rest of the steps for your for your idea. Then, right, that's where your product or your course or whatever it is that you're offering comes in. It, it's 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 uh, going to help them uh, overcome what whatever it is that they're struggling with. Okay, so but I'll, I think personally too, like there's something that we have to do a bit of work 
inside of us when we think about what it is that that we want to do, who are the people that we want to reach? And I think often we have some indicators, but we just haven't really fleshed it out just yet. Like a couple of questions that I just have uh, written here is, uh, who do you have a burden for? Like just, just is it heavy on your heart that there's a group of people that are struggling with a particular problem? And, and it's just like, it just keeps you up at night where some people wouldn't even think about it. Mm. But for some reason, you're just thinking like, man, these people are ignorant about this one area or they're struggling in their business or they just need some help that I can offer them. And, and it, it's a real burden on me. And I just want to help them to alleviate the burden. So secondly is uh, who do you like working with? Like there's got to be a joy factor in it. Like a group of people that you just say, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about helping these people because it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, and the number three, who gives you great feedback? So you, when you work with them, it's actually within your area of expertise and they, they rave about it. I mean, if they're raving about it, that shows that you're meeting a need and that they're willing to give you referrals or, you know, talk about it or just they're over the moon excited about the help that you've offered. So would you say there would be a difference for people who have a passion for what they're trying to help um, people that they see a problem for and other people who are just interested in earning money on stuff they notice? Or does it kind of line up at some point? I think it has to align if you're going to be in the business more than like a, a week or a month. Mm-hmm. I think at some point it's not going to be about the money anymore. It's about the kind of impact that you want to make in the world, the kind of people you want to help. Because you talk to the most successful people, at some point it didn't become about money anymore. It became about leaving their legacy or the people that they want to help, the problem they want to solve in the world. I love the quote from the great late Zig Ziglar who said, you get everything you want in life when you help every help people get what they want. Okay. And so getting helping people is, is a way to make sure that you're always in the market, right? There's always going to be a business there because you're you're helping people. And it's not just about the money, but the money does come. That's the good thing is that when there's a problem, it creates a market. The market, people will pay money to solve. And that's kind of how you know you're you're onto something. So mm-hmm. keeping close to that, because I, I mean, I talked to a ton of people and they're always worried that the disruption that's going on in the world with either technology or information, they're, you know, they're, they're like scared that they're not going to be in business for much longer. And I mean, if you're in like, you know, uh, DVD rentals or something like that, yeah. sure that you shouldn't be scared. <laughs> Um, so that's the kind of thing. It's like, if you're always close to people and talking to them and, and close to what they're dealing with and struggling with, um, you'll, you'll know that there's going to be an opportunity for a future for your, in your industry. Yeah. And always room for like for adaption and whatnot for the future so that you're not just being stagnant and eventually, you know, shutting, shutting down. Yeah. If you get stubborn, if you're not listening, if you get stubborn and you're not innovative any anymore, then you're actually going to become more distanced from your who from the people that you're seeking to help. And that's when you will become irrelevant. Your business will go out of date. The market will move on, but you're just so stuck on this particular product or this one offering or this one idea that you have. But when you become distanced from your customers, you're, you're on the verge of becoming irrelevant and you're going, going the way of Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. And Sears apparently. That's right. Yeah. So I have a couple more questions here. Um, who, when you work with them, it doesn't feel like work at all. I don't know if you've ever done something where, you were working on a project and it's like all of a sudden like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. even and you just feel totally wired. I'm not talking about video games or Netflix binging. I'm actually just like, at your laptop working all of a sudden you're, you're looking and it's look out the window and it's dawn. Yeah, it's amazing, right? It's like, <laughs> I've wow, I've that. been working the whole time and it doesn't feel like work. 
that's a good sign that you're doing something. Now, if you're not getting paid for it, it's just a hobby. But if you're actually helping somebody, that's a good sign that you found your who, that you're aligned with passion, with your passions. Um, who would you work for for free? You know, if, if money wasn't an issue, you who would you work for? Who would you seek to help? Now, I'm not, we're not advocating for working for free, of course, but if, it, if you would do the work for free at some point, that's going to show that you have the, the passion, the drive to help people. For sure. Yeah, so your who is more of a constant thing you need to think about, not just something you set up at the beginning of your business when you're writing a business plan. You, it's like you have to be conscious about it through the, the entire journey. Yeah, and for sure, I, I think that's so important because you can actually, as you're talking to these people, they might be changing or you might be off, right, in your idea. That's why mm-hmm. when you talk to them, it's like, hey, I've got this idea. And if, they, if, if they're not willing to pay money for it, if they're not interested in it, and you know either that's not the right person or this isn't the right idea. Mm-hmm. But it takes a little bit more, I think, investigation, a little bit more market research. But that's why the thing that we're really going to emphasize in the beginning of the Get Clear Business podcast is that at the heart of your business is a customer who's got a story and they're trying to win their story, but there's something keeping them from doing it. And you're going to offer them that that solution, that help, so that they can indeed win their story. And the further you get from that person, with those issues that's longing for those solutions, um, you know, the further you're going to get from that thriving business that you really want to have as a, as a business leader or an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a little bit of wisdom in uh, learning to listen. <laughs> Just a little bit of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So what's, what's the key difference between knowing my market or my who and thinking I know my who? Right. Yeah. I think one comes on paper when you're, you know, maybe uh, out for a walk or you're on airplane. That's where I get my best ideas uh, for stuff is on airplanes. I think it's because there's nothing there's, much else. There's to no do. other distractions. <laughs> you know, I haven't downloaded enough songs on Spotify. So I run out and there's no, uh, I'm on airplane mode. So I can't download more songs. So I can't even listen to music. And all of a sudden I have this, this idea for something. And then I think, oh, this is going to help a lot of people. But at some point the plane lands and you pick up the phone and call somebody or, or test test out an idea. And if, if people aren't responding favorably, then uh, it, it might just be, you know, some plain food that you had or too many free drinks that they were offering yeah. or just a bad idea, flat on mm-hmm. bad idea. So you really have to actually say, I'm going to take this from the concept that this is a great idea and I'm actually going to apply it. Okay. If there's this one idea I had, I was at a, a wedding, man, someone's going to steal this now, but I was at a wedding and I thought, about the best man speech. I thought, you know, the, the, the bride plans the entire day except for five minutes when there's uh, five minutes when the, the, the uh, groom's Yahoo uh, best friend uh, gets up there to give a speech. So it's totally out of her control. And I thought, why not do uh, a course, an online course? And, and I've done like 10 best man speeches or something. Uh, do a course on how to give a best man speech. And then the, the brides could actually pay for that. So I think this is a brilliant idea, but I haven't tested it. And the way I'm going to test it to see if there's actually a who behind the idea is to go and talk to brides and talk to guys that are going to be best men and say, what are some of the questions that you're asking as you're putting this together? It's just a little market research. Yeah. And then say, if you, are you willing, what's your price point? Like, what would you be willing to pay for this? And then you say, would you be willing to pay $50? If they say, oh, of course. You say, what about 75? What about a hundred dollars? What about more? And as soon as they stop showing that they would actually back it up with money, and you know that's where your price point is because that's what people are willing mm-hmm. to pay. So it just takes conversation. And I, and I love the idea that business shouldn't be done in isolation. It should really be done 
within a community, maybe a mastermind group or small group of people you work with, or even your spouse is usually a pretty good uh, bounce ideas or around to bounce ideas. And um, yeah, that, so I think that's to answer your question. A long answer to a short question would be, you got to test it by actually talking to people. Yeah. So was this idea found on an airplane? Uh, no, it was at a <laughs> wedding. I was sitting there at a wedding thinking I've seen way too many bad best man speeches. And then I had that burden thinking, man, imagine how good it would be this opportunity, a captive audience, a wedding, it's an opportunity to honor your your friend, the, the groom, tell a few stories, maybe honor him, but tell a good, like a good roast uh, and balance those two and then honor the bride, uh, how to include humor, maybe throw in a few easy laugh can jokes <laughs> and you got a great speech there. But yet these these clowns every year will get up there and they'll give awful speeches and miss a great opportunity. Fair. So, Fair enough. So I'm, I haven't tested it yet. And, you know, who knows the the somebody it's it's up there it's it's out there in the for, well if there's a workshop out. that starts up because we we've we've talked about this we'll or <laughs> <if> it's worked <laughs> or not okay um so what about what about companies who don't practice this philosophy of find your who or know your who um and comparing them to 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 like a business profession or someone who does like what's what's the success ratio gonna gonna look like for a long-standing company that's been running without that kind of philosophy and just doing the standard stuff and someone who's just starting and they're like, okay, I'm going to do this, find my who, and I'm going to go forward. Do you think like they're going to catch up pretty quick? We touched on this a little bit last week. Um, maybe just uh, emphasize it a little bit more. Yeah. There's a guy that. named Jim Collins who talks about level five leaders. He talks about the best leaders have one common thing that they all have this characteristic of humility. And I think really starting with their who is about, being humble enough to say this business is not about me. I'm not the hero of the story that our business is telling. Uh, we are, we exist to serve people to, to help them solve problems. And that humility actually says, I'm going to stay close to these people. And he studied their, those, those leaders and they were parts of these, these fast growing uh, companies and then looked at the other side of the, the leaders that were failing and the companies had tanked. Uh, he wrote a book called how the mighty have fallen. And one of the things that they, have in common as well is the pride uh, of saying, you know what, we're just going to do our own thing. It's either about their egos or why should we, uh, you know, if the market changes, we're not going to just change with it. We're not going to be flimsy with it. We're not going to um, just cater to, to people. And, and as a result, they've suffered for it. Mm -hmm. So you look at companies like Zappos and Amazon, there's these, you know, huge attention to the customer experience. Like so much of Amazon is built around the customer experience so that, like you think, oh, they're just they're they're mailing stuff around the world, but actually they're really just caring about how to make people's experiences uh, so much easier, faster, better. Yeah, solving their problems. Yeah, it is all about the customer experience with them for so sure. I think you kind of have to have it in your DNA as as a as the core leader. What kind of value do you want to have as a company? Or do you exist to serve other people, or do you exist for your for yourself? I think that's gonna. Um, permeate throughout the company. And as a result, you could miss your who very easily if it's all about you. For sure. Like even, even a company like Coca-Cola, it's, it's one product that it's a soda, but I, I feel like they know their who, which is why they're such a big company because they keep tailoring their marketing to the people who are, um, it's, I can't really describe it too well because it's, it's a soda, but they're doing it correctly. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to other other maybe like drinks or soda companies who just they were a soda company and that's what they are. Here's the standard marketing. I think like so people like Coca Cola and I guess even Pepsi as their mm-hmm. direct competitors do a bit more of above and beyond to get that outreach. And it's not just because they're so big that everyone knows their name, but because they have all sorts of like interesting ads and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So there's our homework to watch Coca-Cola. Yeah. Commercials watch, watch see, Coca-Cola commercials. Clear? I mean, beer, beer commercials are the same too. They know exactly who their, who is right. It's a certain demographic. People are always having fun. And it's no one's ever sitting there drinking alone on a Friday night. It's always within a group and certain age range. They know exactly who they're going yeah. after. Well, that's the other thing too with um, with the big brand like beer companies like Molson Canadian. They're pretty. They're very um, baseline. Like that's why all these craft beer companies and stuff have been coming up, and they're all about the customer experience. Um, and they have all these different lines and like different things coming out. It's getting really big in Seattle. Getting really big here. Um, that I've noticed and it's, it's cause it's very, they know they're who mm-hmm. and they've blown up so fast. Mm-hmm. These, these craft beer, like you'd never even think about that like five years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Interesting. so what are some practices that we can put into effect with, with our businesses to kind of get that who's your who going? Right. I think that's good. Practices is important because this is going to take some time to figure out and that's, you got to give yourself lots of grace, right? If you, if you tell somebody, oh, I'm going to try this idea, you don't have to actually go through the idea until your own bankruptcy, right? You got to be able to fail fast. Whereas if you try something and it doesn't work, then you just get right back up and you start something else, right? You just continue to find, test the market, test the market until you find it. So all that to say, here's a few things uh, that you can do. Uh, one, show up at place like live events and just meet people, right? The more you show up and talk to people, the more you're you're listening to actual like physical people, not just people that you might uh, see on social media or just you know, close friends of yours, but actually like real people with real jobs, with real questions and problems and stuff. And you talk to them and, and they'll tell you, you know, and watch their eyebrows when you talk about what you do, right? Do the eyebrows go up or are they furrowed? If they're up, then they're excited about what you're saying. And you've, you've really t- touched the market. If they go down, then even though they might be very polite, be like, oh, that's interesting what you're trying to do. If their eyebrows are down, they're confused and or just they think this this guy is going to go nowhere with this. So watch eyebrows. That's a very popular uh, one that I've learned. Okay. So there's this thing called the proximity principle. In order to do what you want, you've got to get around people who are doing it as well. So find other successful people in your space and, and ask what they're doing and how are they, what market are they reaching? Because if you see someone uh, that's very successful in your industry and you think they've got a powerful who just realize that their success has left some sort of a trail, right? Mm-hmm. It's a trail back to some idea they had where they found a person with a problem, which created a market that they provided a solution for. So the proximity principle show up to, you know, real people at events, but also show up to uh, and hang around other successful people in your industry and, and ask about who they're trying to reach. And they'll tell you another thing. If you're uh, if you've got an idea, try selling something to someone like sell a course or sell a coaching program, and, and then if you can sell it, then just even by talking about it and getting someone enrolled in, in some program or a course or some idea that you have, they're willing to actually put their money behind it, then create it for them, right? Be like, hey, I'll get back to you in three weeks Yeah, uh, just to, to do what I just told you we're going to do. And then figure out how to do it and do it. And then all of a sudden, by that first time, you've got it. Next time, 
you know, record it and sell it as an online course. <laughs> yeah. But the, the cool thing is, is that you can actually uh, try to get people's money first and then offer them something. You don't have to create some course or some uh, program or some product uh, without knowing if someone's going to buy it. Like it's, it'd be a horror story for, for you to spend 30, 40, 50 hours on a course that goes nowhere because you didn't actually test the market. Yeah. Yeah. So test the market by getting people to say, wow, that's exciting. I will enroll in that course. And then you make the course for them. And you can even be making like, Hey, we'll meet next week. And no, I don't have anything. Uh, I'm going to have to create it this week, but then I'm going to deliver when I say I do. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be quick on that. Yeah. So your who will actually respond well by giving you money and excitement and enrolling. And if, if they truly, if you truly have found something right. Okay. And lastly, I just think about social media. I'm, I mean, you have this opportunity. I know I kind of slighted social media saying it's not real people, but the truth is it is real people. And you can, you can start groups around an idea. You can start a Facebook group around your who and just talk to them, be interacting, uh, put out polls, put out uh, topics, and you'll see what kind of posts um, have gravitas to it. Like people are, there's some weight to it. There's a, you made a good point and people are responding. And if you put something out there and it's just total crickets, you know, probably the market's telling you this isn't all that interesting. Mm -hmm. So you leverage social media because it is really amazing. The access that you have, to so many people from all around the world. And if there's a group of people, I mean, Seth Godin says this so well in tribes. It's like, if you want to find people, I'm going to make this up that wear red hats and kayak on Thursdays, you can find that kind of group, that kind of who you just have to find them online. But social media allows you to reach in places that, you know, 25 years ago, we would have never thought that we could <laughs> have access not. to people who, you know, who wear red hats and kayak on Thursdays. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's all the time we have for, uh, left for today. Uh, are there any other insights that you might have for us before we finish up? No, I don't think there's any other insights other than just to reiterate the focus of today was really about uh, finding a group of people that really exist. So when you have an idea and it's just in your head, you got to really test it. You got to test the market by talking to people. I mean, showing up places at events, taking people out for coffee that you think would be in your target market, asking them questions. It means really dialing in uh, with some of the tools like on social media and whatever it takes. But, you know, and even looking inside your heart, like, do I, do I really have a burden for this group of people? Do I want to help them? Can I, can I offer them excellent help and, and make a living out of this? And mm -hmm. doing that hard work, that's going to save you so much time and, and money. I just, again, I just think of the horror story of somebody writing a book that no one <laughs> reads or creating a movie that no one watches or a course that no one enrolls. And that's life is so short. You got to test, test out your ideas. If there is truly a who that will pay money, you can talk to them and find out. And the best way to do it is to just show up and, and ask for the sale right there. All right. Well, thanks for that. On that note, this has been the get clear business podcast with Matt Forrester and John Morrison. We'll see you guys next week. If you need help getting a clear message for your business, or you need a website you truly love, visit getclear.ca. If you liked what you heard today, please leave an honest review on whatever platform you're using to listen. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Get Clear Podcast. We look forward to sharing another great episode coming up soon.